You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind. A big shout out to a company that is completely responsible for keeping us alive. J Hill Marketing and Creative Services pays for our podcast and we want to celebrate them for just a moment. And in particular, their brand new editing house division, Bookmark. Bookmark allows you to keep your copyright as a self-published author without sacrificing the professional execution. That's because they use the same publishing apps as the big houses. It's revolutionary. There's literally no difference in the quality between Bookmark's book and one you might see at a national book retailer. You can put them side by side and still be astounded by the quality. For more info on getting your book published, head to jhillmark.com slash bookmark. That's jhill with two L's, mark.com slash bookmark. My guest today is a human unicorn made out of sparkly shoes and sweat drops. In the time that I have known her, I have witnessed her make the transition from being a cubicle worker to an empowered entrepreneur and notable mom blogger who runs her own ship, determines who she works with, how she works, and what she works on. She is able to live this life amidst managing a rare disease that people in the medical field call a zebra. So maybe she is a unicorn zebra. Allison Tedford is illustrious, a font of never-ending creativity and marketing genius. She is a mother, a warrior, a crusader, and one of the most hella creative people I have ever had the pleasure to meet. Don't mistake the fact that she wears her heart on her sleeve as rendering her soft. Every day, she outdoes herself by being herself, by accepting and loving herself. She will tell you that she is not perfect, but I think she tries to make the most of her hand perfectly. Listen, and you will learn a little more about how to love yourself more deeply, how to roll with the punches more nimbly, and how to go after the dream that has been beating in your heart for as long as you can remember. Please welcome my very sparkly friend, Allison Tedford. Hey, Hillary. So nice to be here with you today. Hey, there you are. This is awesome. We've been talking about this is the podcast that of uh, false starts today. <laughs> <laughs> the technological monster got us for a minute. <laughs> but it was fun. It was exciting. It was exciting. And are you sitting in a closet right now? I was. I moved into the living room, but we had landscapers here working in the garden of our condo building and they were being really loud, so I dragged all of my stuff into the closet, and I was eating my lunch there waiting. Um, and then the cat knocked over my paddleboard paddle, and the sound was bad, so I, we revisited. There's all kinds of stuff that happens, all <laughs> kinds of it, but but we made it happen. I think that's a testament to you right there. It really, like, if this could be an analogy for some of the things that you've come up against and you just kind of keep bulldozing through them to come out on the other side stronger, I think that's really a testament to you. Thank you. Definitely fun making it work. Yes. So 
how did you get to where you are today? Let's familiarize our listeners with who you are and what you do and what you stand for and all of that good stuff. For sure. So I started out uh, working for the federal government of Canada. I was a data analyst and I really looked, longed for something more creative. And I daydreamed about creating ad campaigns and I had no idea how I would ever make that happen. And one of the girls from the gym said, you should start a blog. Your Facebook posts are really funny. I bet people would love it. And so I said, well, I'll give it a try. So I started my blog and I started freelance writing. And a few years in, people started asking me to help them with their companies. And I grew a full-time marketing consultancy in the space of about five months. And I left my job. And now I work for myself full-time doing all sorts of marketing stuff. So Okay, so that's crazy. So you are like the version of Julie and Julia. You know that movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except that I can't cook at all. <laughs> You said you, so you can't make like, you can't, uh, what do they say, braise a duck or whatever. There's somebody out there right now listening who's like a foodie in the kitchen. They're like, it's not braise a duck, it's filet a duck or whatever the hell you do with a duck. So, but that movie, Julia and Julie or vice versa, whatever it is, was about a government worker in New York City and she started this blog and it grew into this full-time thing. So I feel like you're Canada's version of that without the cooking. And it's crazy because you had to go through some incremental steps to get there. And I know this, how do I know this? Great question. Because you and I used to talk about it. For sure. You would talk, right? Do you remember those conversations? Yes, I really, I knew I wanted something other than what I had going on, but I didn't know what it was or how to get there. And so I just started trying things until I found something that fit. And um, and it seems to work <laughs> still here. Yeah. And is that the criteria? I mean, what is the criteria for you? in making your decisions? Is it that, is this going to fit in? Is this going to work? Is this the right time? Um, so I look at um, a, a commitment and I look at, is the time commitment going to take away from my family life? Because my family is really important to me. I'm a very busy lacrosse mom and my son is in scouts and band. And so we have a lot of commitments on his schedule. Um, so I look at my family time, I look at my health and whether the stress level and the number of hours is going to be feasible for what my body can do. And then I look at the mission of the task and I don't like to do anything that could be harmful to anybody. I like to do marketing in a way that makes people feel good and feel better about themselves. So I look at just the quality of the mission and if it's achieving something that I really want to do because that's why I do this is I get to pick and I get to choose what I put out into the world. And I just want to be really responsible for that. That's amazing. And a lot of people need to follow that looks in the mirror, Hillary. Anyways. Um, so, but catch me up and, and help me remember you were diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome or is they call it syndrome, right? Yeah. It's, um, and hypermobility syndrome, which is also Ehlers-Danlos 3. Um, I was diagnosed about two years ago. It's a genetic condition where your body makes collagen of terrible quality. 
and everything is too stretchy and your joints pop out and there's lots of kind of internal stuff that goes along with it because all of the connective tissue which is the building block of everything in your body is just not quite right so uh, but because it was normal to me it took a really long time to get diagnosed because I didn't realize other people didn't live this way and didn't feel this way so it wasn't until pain level was unbearable that I realized maybe there's something that we could look at and maybe it doesn't have to be this way. So, and it has, okay. So this has to do with your energy too, but this all kind of came about at the same time as you're leaving your job, you're getting this diagnosis, you're getting this marketing company off the ground. And what are you feeling as you're getting that diagnosis? Um, It was really scary because well, I mean, in, in one hand, it was scary because I thought, you know, after all this time, I thought if I had a diagnosis and they could fix me and I would feel better. Um, but I got the diagnosis and the, the information that they actually can't fix me. So then it was time for a new plan because I this is just have to, what I'm going to have to deal with. There's lots of ways to make symptoms less awful, but the reality is, is that I'm always going to have this condition. Um, it also meant that some of my backup plans that I had in mind weren't going to work as well as I thought. So I had to rethink things and rethink how I do things and rethink what my accommodations were. I mean, I knew I was super uncomfortable working in my cubicle job, uh, but I didn't know why. So once I knew what it was, I could research how other people accommodate themselves and I could figure out how to make it work. But it's hard when you don't know what's wrong and you don't know how other people deal with it. So having a plan was a big part of getting your arms around this and managing it so that you could live. Are you living with a little less fear now because you have a plan? For sure. And I also have a lot more community. Once I found out what was wrong, I could find out, find other people like me and find out how they deal with things. So I can be like, hey, how do you handle when this happens? And they'll be like, oh, that's so easy. This is what I do. So it it really helped having that community. And that's really been thanks to the internet and people I've met on Twitter and people I've met on Facebook who share my diagnosis and and have a lot more experience with knowing what it is and how to fix it or how to deal with it. And it seems like it's getting a lot more awareness lately too, which helps to just kind of bring a disease out of the dark ages and get that support that's needed. So that's helped you. But I think you also have a buoyant attitude and you just seem to look kind of like just pop right back up, you know, rise to the surface again. Does that help you when you are dealing with managing your disease, growing your business, making these choices, being a lacrosse mom. And side note, um, Liam is farkin hysterical, <laughs> hysterical child. Oh my gosh. Like he needs his own channel. He does. He actually has his own YouTube channel, but uh, all right. Yeah. So I need to follow this kid and we'll put a link to his channel in your podcast blog because he is seriously, you guys, he is so funny. Yeah. He's, I'm very, very thankful for him and he helps me maintain perspective and, um, he's really kind of my little life coach. Like sometimes I'll be like, I really cannot with all of this. And he'll be like, mommy, you can't pull a bunny out of your hat. What? <laughs> and that was a few years ago. He's 11 now, but he's always been like a very old soul. So yeah, that's so- 
that helps a he lot. He doesn't have... Okay, so, but he doesn't have an English accent. No, but... It's okay, kind of like- I was like, okay, I was like, that would be even more perfect. Like, this is your child just <laughs> sprang out of the womb with an English accent. Oh, he perfect. Does, he does do silly <laughs> accents and voices, though, to cheer me up, and because he's just such a ham. Oh. Like, he pretends to be Mario or Luigi in, in uh, Super Mario, and he's just, he's very silly and wonderful, but... Yeah, he definitely helps me maintain perspective. And yeah, I mean, getting back up is really the only option. Um, This is how it is. So I just have to make the best of it and figure out how to make it work and make make life into the way I want it to be, whatever, even if it doesn't look the way I thought it might, it's going to be different. Do you think that you're kind and apologetic to your body? I try to be. Um, I'm a perfectionist. I'm very driven. Um, and I really, really am, have an attitude of doing whatever it takes to get things done and to achieve whatever my goal is. And my body has to remind me sometimes that this is just not on and we need to rest now or this isn't working and we need to find a different solution. So my condition has in some ways, I mean, it's awful, but it has a lot of creativity and problem solving and I found a lot of technical tools that make my life easier that I wouldn't have found if I didn't have this discomfort. What kind of technical tools are you talking about? Because if we share those, I mean, that really has the potential to help other people who are listening. For sure. Um, I use a service called otter.ai for machine transcription. So I do a first pass of any audio through machine transcription, and that can cut down on the number of words I have to actually physically type myself. And I can listen and correct instead of having to manually type all the things. I also use voice dictation on my phone, on any kind of app I can, so that I can, you know, schedule things, add things to my to-do list. And uh, that makes a huge difference as well. So you're doing a lot more voice yes. activation or, or voice softwares than you were before. Did you try some things out initially and found that they weren't your cuppa before landing on these voice applications? Um, yeah, I used a, a variety of different um, machine transcription softwares, and it took a while for me to find the one I liked. Um, I tried one that it um, it just wasn't as accurate, uh, but it was free. So when I was bootstrapping, that was just what I dealt with. But when I had a bit more budget, then I moved up to another one, but I found that it didn't carry over as much information from one transcript to another. So with Otter, it'll recognize the voices of people I transcribed before, and it will already populate that information for me. So it's it makes my life a lot easier. It saves me steps. That's fantastic. I use the voice transcription of Google Chrome when I do like my podcast scripts. I'll just speak it out and then it types it and it it seems like it's a a learning mechanism too at the same time because it starts to figure out, oh, you're saying this. I know you really mean this because that's what you usually say or whatever. So um, but it's important for people listening right now who if you're struggling, with, you know, feeling like, well, I'm losing productivity because I can't use my hands. Um, For instance, that's just one for instance, anybody who has been diagnosed with a disability or an illness might 
have various conditions that make it difficult to perform like quote unquote regular office tests. But the message today is like, hang in there and keep trying because you can find a solution. For sure. Yeah. There's lots of different ways to do things. And I just had to become comfortable that with the fact that doing things might look differently than I thought it might, or it might look differently than what somebody else does, but it's okay. I still get the job done. And, um, and I save time in a lot of cases because I'm finding easier ways to do things. When you have to budget your energy so much, you find so many life hacks to make things easier so that you don't end up expending your energy on things that aren't as important or that can't be automated. Seriously. And I've said this before, people with chronic illnesses or disabilities are the poster children for getting, for finding efficiencies in business and for being the most productive because we don't have a choice. We have to find those shortcuts that don't shortcut the work, but they, they shortcut the process. <clears throat> so you're still getting the quality, but you're able to actually function in your business. And I think it's really important. This is a message that's one of hope today. For somebody who's listening and saying, well, I'm losing the use of my hands or they're going numb or they're aching or whatever the case is, that if you just keep playing around with finding the solution, you can you can keep working in your business. Sure. You don't have to stop what you're doing. You can adapt. For sure. And sometimes it's also about um, service level agreements and managing expectations. Maybe you don't offer an, a same day or next day service. Maybe you, you offer a 48 hour turnaround. You know, maybe that's how you manage it. Um, my hands swell a lot. And uh, if I'm typing for a lot of hours, then my joints and my fingers will pop out and it's very uncomfortable. So I try not to overload myself. I limit how much typing work I take on and I build in expectations with the clients as to how long I need to get things done. And we figure it out between us of how do we meet their business objectives and how do we be kind to my body at the same time. So are you open with your clients when you're talking about your health challenges? For sure. Yeah, I'm very clear as to why that I'm not trying to be difficult or I'm not, not that I'm disinterested. It's There's literally a physical barrier. And if there's any way we can figure out how to make things work, then we do that. But I'm also really clear that like, this is my reality, but it doesn't change your business requirements. So if this is not going to meet your needs, I have a network of people that I can refer you to that might be able to do it better. And, you know, and I'm comfortable doing that because I really want my clients to have the very best experiences. Um, and more than more often than not, when they hear why, then they're more open to look at, is this really necessary or is this something that we've just always expected because that's the way it's always been done. So it's, it's examining expectations on both parts. So I love that you're doing your part to also bring awareness and educate your clients at the same time that there are different ways to do things. And just because you've always done things this way doesn't mean you can't stop for a moment. And this applies to everybody. It doesn't mean you can't stop for a moment and say, is this working for me? Am I working too hard at this? And is there a better way to do it? I think this is true of expanding your team as well and the people that you work with and just coming to terms with 
it's not really about limitations. It's more about, am I doing this the smartest way? And could I use help here? For sure. Because there's some things that, you know, don't need my personal touch on them. They need to be done. They need to have my standard of quality. But if I have somebody that's in my circle who can do those pieces, and I save my energy for the pieces that need my touch, my brain, my thoughts, my ideas, then the person gets a better outcome, they get a better product in the end. And I don't work as hard on it doesn't hurt my body so much. And I get to support other people in business that I care about. So that's been something I've had to really learn the hard way this year was um, when I I decided that I was going to hire somebody to support me. Because, you know, yes, I could do it all on my own. But why? Why? No, it doesn't make sense. And what's this done for you in terms of your health, hiring somebody and having them share the workload? Uh, what it means is that I just, I know that if something comes up, I have somebody that I can call on to support me. Um, back in January, I had two relatives in hospital and I was unwell myself. And having somebody that I could be like, hey, these are the things I need you to do that you can definitely 1000% handle yourself that do not need my brain please take care of these things so I can go do what I need to do. And I got to support somebody I really adore. So it was really, really helpful to me. That's awesome. So your journey has not been what you've expected it to be. And in that vein, because we're speaking to people who are going through the same thing right now, what do you want to tell them if they're encountering these obstacles in their lives right now? Um, I would just say, you know, it's okay to grieve that things didn't go the way you planned. Like, there's a lot of positivity culture that pushes, you know, not feeling those things. And it's perfectly okay to not be okay. And give yourself space to have those feelings. Um, the difficulty is when you get stuck there. Um, so definitely feel the feels and then get on with what you need to do and just exercise self-compassion. And for me, one of the biggest things that I had to learn um, as a teen, I had a, I had eating disorders and part of how I overcame that was looking at all of the things that my body could do, how strong I was. And so I went from ornamental to how much function I had. And then when I started to lose function, I had to really look at, where is my worth and where is my value? And that was that was what really changed things for me was realizing that I have inherent worth as a person and my worth isn't based on my productivity. It's based on who I am. And your work isn't based on your ability to ambulate also, which I think is a super important point. So many people my husband and I were talking about this, so many people are like, well, you know, I lost the ability to walk. I, I don't know how anybody's going to find me lovable anymore or how I'm going to be viewed as a, a worthy person in this world. And if you break it down to the event that you cannot ambulate anymore, you know, that you you cannot do things the way that you used to do them. And as we say here, we don't use the L word limitation. We use the A word adaptation. It's really almost ridiculous 
to assign some sort of value to that quality, to that ability to move, because that's not what makes you you. What makes you you is your head and your heart and your drive and your passion and what you bring to the world. And I just think it's I think it's amazing because it's it's like you are so deeply ingrained in who you are and what you bring to the world that it, it's almost like you can't plan it. It just is who you are. Yeah, I think it really, I also had to look at the value work and how we measure that. And is it the amount of time we put in or is it the value the product brings? Because do I need to be at my desk 18 hours or is my idea that's going to transform somebody's business or somebody's product, well, maybe that's going to come to me in an hour. And it's, it's still valuable just because it didn't take me a long time to come up with it. it. It still can change things. You don't need a lot of time to change somebody's life. You just need to be able to put your energies in the right places. That's fantastic. So just weighing this fact and learning how to say no to is another thing that I'm hearing from you is that you've gotten pretty good at saying no. Was that just this arduous backbreaking task? Um, I, I definitely struggle with saying no, I like to help people. Um, But what I've had to realize is that like, when I say yes to somebody else, I'm saying no to myself. Sometimes if it's something that is going to be really hard on me and I, as much as I want to say yes to everybody, I have to also include me in that. And I have to include saying yes to taking care of myself. And it's not supportive of a relationship to say yes to all the things. If it's going to be a hardship and there's going to be resentment or there's going to be a challenge, I I want to do things and show up for people in a way that I'm excited to do what it is that they want. And, and being selective is really important to be able to preserve that enthusiasm and to show up in a way that's most meaningful to me. It's a skill too. It's not just something where you can just flip the switch and be like, yesterday I said yes to everybody. Today it's no. Like you have to learn to weigh and evaluate these different opportunities. And if they're opportunities for you or if they're opportunities for someone else. Um, and I, so I hope that this will give someone listening who needs to hear this pause. I hope that you pause and say, you know what? I have been really trying to tackle the art of saying no, and that Allison's words can inspire you to try it out and to put yourself first and to say yes to you. So, in the time that we have left, Allison, are you game to play a game? For, sh- for sure, yes. <laughs> okay, word association is a fantastic game. This is how it goes. I say a word, you give me the word that you think of that pops into your mind. Some people play it wrong. I think we've talked about this before. I know we have in another lifetime, even this lifetime. So it's not like a (laughs) whole paragraph about what you're feeling. It's just like, give me a word, then tell me why you picked the word, okay? Okay. Okay. The first word in our word association game is grind. Um, Ease. I think people assume you have to grind in order to build a business, but you can build a business with ease. You don't have to grind. And that's a revolutionary thought, isn't it? With somehow, and I think that there is a ghost of you 
saying things like hustle porn and grind <laughs> porn. Is say, that <laughs> say no to hustle porn. It does not have to be a struggle. Stop romanticizing expending ridiculous amounts of energy you don't have to find what you're good at do that in a way that makes you feel good and that people love yeah and it's counterintuitive to romance anyways isn't it like no i gotta hustle all the time i have no energy for actual love making you know what exactly. I'm <laughs> yeah i always say you can answer the phone for 911 or at a spa there's a big difference in your speed and you're still meeting somebody's need you got to find out who operates at your speed, your level, the way you like to do things. Yes, and be courageous in finding that out. It takes a little bit of courage, but once you do it, like you'll never go back. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Our second word, which is two words actually, is ham sandwich. <laughs> Freedom, for sure. I said no to so many lunches and coffees, and the other day I just decided, you know what, I'm the boss. And the boss says, we're going to go get a ham sandwich and a coffee and we're going to get some fresh air and finding that freedom. It was so long that I just thought that I just had to work so hard. And, and if it was hard, then I should just shut up because I, you know, I'm on the horse, but it's finding the sweet spot and, and being brave enough to, to ask for more, having the audacity to be like, this isn't exactly what I need. This is what I need. How did that feel? when you chose yourself in that moment? It was amazing. It was so awesome. I got some fresh air. I listened to an audiobook and got some fuel for my body and got to attack things with new enthusiasm. Fantastic. I mean, why would you not choose that? You know, so you do have that option. We tell ourselves that we, that we don't. We tell ourselves like, oh, I don't have the option to do this because I'm too busy. And we're, we're making choices every day. You picked a ham sandwich. It's a beautiful farkin' thing. Totally. And today, <laughs> it was a chicken and waffle sandwich. Yes! And it was amazing. You know what? I've never had chicken and waffles. Do you have syrup on it? Uh. I don't know if there's syrup in the sandwich, but it was really good. And chicken and waffles and Thai food. Those are my two love languages. Do you combine all of those together? No, that would be terrible. Okay. No, separately okay. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will tell you, one of the best sandwiches I ever had was like, uh, I think it was a bologna and mustard and mayonnaise and peanut butter and jelly and cheese sandwich. And I had it when I was camping and it was like this <laughs> everything sandwich and I was a little kid, and I was like, Dad, I don't want to eat this. Is this a dare? And he was like, no, eat your sandwich. I'm a dad. I don't want to So <laughs> it was so good. Like, all of the flavors just kind of melted together, and it was like, I still remember that sandwich. So our third word is mischief. Ooh, um, joy. I think that we have to find joy in what we do, and – and I think that that involves some mischief and, and shaking things up. I love working with people who are into disrupting industries and challenging assumptions and status quo. And so my whole business is based around mischief and making some and helping people make mischief louder. <laughs> You just love what you do. I can see it. I mean, I can, and now we can see each other because and our, our listeners don't know this, but we've switched to a video mode. And so that only we can see you like we get the usual audio, but you and I can see each other and you, it's written all over your face. You love what you do. 
I do. I get to work with amazing, amazing people and we're doing some really awesome stuff and it's exciting and, and yeah, I'm just delighted. I'm so, so delighted. That's fan- hashtag blessed. Right. Totally. I know it's cheesy, <laughs> but you know, the thing is like, I had so much guilt about making this decision. I had a senior level government job, right? Like who wouldn't want that? That's a good dream. It just wasn't mine. And having the courage to be like, there's nothing wrong with this. It's just not mine. And I get to let somebody else have that whose dream it is. And I get to go do this other thing. And but I, I felt guilty well and people thought I was crazy and how irresponsible I was the primary breadwinner and someone was like like don't you think you're taking a big risk and I just said why do you think it would be a risk to believe in myself why do you think I wouldn't be successful at this you know and I want to take a pause on that because that is a fantastic question to ask yourself why is it such a risk to believe in yourself when you put it that way, it's almost insulting not to take that risk and like not to do these things for yourself that are beneficial that you need. As entrepreneurs, I think we have risk DNA. There, we, oh, for we, sure. We don't even have a choice. It's like, well, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go with the flow. Man, there is no flow. The flow comes from all the splashing around we do. That's the flow. It is. And my, one of my mentors was actually in the room when she, when, when one of my family members said that, and, and my mentor said, she's just trying not to be miserable. <laughs> That's inside felt though too. I was <laughs> like, Ooh, dang, that kind of freezes. Right like, are you insisting on her misery? Well, yeah, like, maybe. <laughs> so, okay. Our fourth word for you is chat bot. Oh, authentic. I think that there's lots of things that we should automate and there's lots of things that make things easier. But I think that what makes an impression is, is an authentic connection. Yeah. And we're losing that a little bit in this age of automation. For sure. There's lots of ways to, you know, easily get information that you need. That's pretty standard, but I think the way you make people feel is what they remember and and that means you need to show up. So um, your opinion then on uh, automated texts and, and and we'll say like the chat bots and social media. Um, I think they can be helpful, but they need to be, they need to have broader context where these are supportive tools in the context of an existing relationship where somebody feels like they know you, they know that you're a priority and, and that the relationship matters to you so that it isn't an indication of the level of importance that you've delegated that, but it's just something that supports something that you value the relationship so much that you want to use these tools to support your communication. So I think it just needs context. So based on that, I have a suggestion for a new name for you, which is sparkly shoes and sweat drops and smarty pants. <laughs> incorporate that all and <laughs> together. I'm such a nerd but yes I think I think that there's lots of great ways we can use technology to support our communication and and to keep things going on time but I think we also need to make sure that we're humaning as well yeah and it's a little bit like Jurassic Park 
you know, like, should we do this just because can we, we can do it. Should we do it? And what are we losing and losing that human touch with our clients and just with everybody really? For sure. I mean, we, uh, as an example, like my son is super smart with his phone and uh, he was like, Oh, remember on Thursday, you need to do this thing. And I was like, maybe you could remind me on Thursday because I'm not going to remember. And he's like, Oh, I'll just schedule a text so that you get it then. And, and so he did that. And I mean, it didn't detract from our relationship that he decided to delegate his communication to his phone scheduling because we have this broader thing where we respect each other and love each other. So I'm, I'm super impressed with that. I didn't even know you could schedule a text. That's I didn't either. Apparently it's an Android thing, but yeah, he's, he's a child. I'll tell him, I'll be like, mommy doesn't know how to use Netflix or turn it on. Can you show me? And he'll like record a video and text, uh, airdrop it to my iPad. Oh my God, that's insane. There were so many technological pieces in that particular sentence that you just said. Yeah. My mind just went, because he's young and he know, like they'll be surpassing us. Okay, so our last word is perspective. Uh, shift. I think that we need to be willing to look at things from all angles and uh, and kind of look at our assumptions and examine why we feel the way we do about things and if there's another way we can look at it that could be more empowering or that can make things more tolerable or enjoyable even if we dare so self-awareness kind of with a kick behind it really just stepping back and and seeing how am i behaving why am i behaving this way am i doing it because we've always done it this way you know, and that's like the old school men. Sorry. Sorry. I shouldn't say that. It's the old school old guard, though. That sounded terrible. Men or women who are just kind of bringing antiquated ideas, you know, into the marketplace and whatever. And why are we doing things this way? What's the greater purpose? That seems to have been the theme of our podcast today. And I do have one more question for you before we wrap the show. Mm-hmm. Is that a person behind you or a grandfather clock? It's definitely a grandfather clock. <laughs> That's amazing. I was like, either your son is like standing really, really still no. or, okay. I'm completely unsupervised at this time. That's fantastic. All right. Well, I'm so glad you came on today. I apologize about the technological issues and I want to assure our listeners that we always try to address those and, and make the quality of the show you know, over overarch that and eclipse that so that the quality stands out and shines just like you Allison you shine Aww, thank you person yes thanks so much for being on today thanks for having me got it I love that Allison is the everyday heroine we all want and need I love that her humor is her leading force and golden lasso She is the Wonder Woman heralding the sparkly shoes we all want to wear and the sweat drops we shed as we each fight our battles. Her days are real. The lens she looks through on life is not filtered. She juggles what any entrepreneur does, financial, livelihood, and momentum, and the reality of being in your own skin every day. Allison demonstrates and gives us the permission to be in our realities, too. When we are struggling and hurting and doing as much as we possibly can. Yes, we get permission to ease up on the accelerator when we are sick. 
and we need to do this so we don't hamper our efforts further. She is the new Shiro in this crazy, grinding world of always shooting for next. And as she goes, she brings awareness to her condition. She moms like the badass she is. And she is proof of the possibility that we can keep going even when we need to rewrite the script and rest, not quit. I'm so delighted she was here today, and I recommend that you get in touch with her. She will not only inspire you as you absorb her story, but you will learn from her. Here's a takeaway from today's show. Include yourself when you are saying yes and show up for you. To reach out to Allison, please email her at hello at feelbettermarketing.com. How freaking clever is that? Like that just encapsulates who she is. It's crazy. Before we wrap, I want to remind you that we do have an app to bring sick biz buzz right to the palm of your hand. Just text the words sick biz to 36260 and download the app to your phone. That is 36260, in case I spoke them like a speeding train. Help us spread the word as far and wide as you possibly can. We thank you and everyone you have helped by talking about us and everyone who is benefiting from your gestures thanks you as well. That's it for this week's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Thanks so much for listening. Be well.